A Christmas story, the birth of Christ, but I'm just going to read the first 21 verses. Let's hear God's word together this morning. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people." For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So imagine the heavenly planning meeting. The second person of the Trinity is coming to earth. And so God has gathered the angels to plan the logistics of his arrival and a welcome party. Of course, the angel Gabriel is sent ahead to make announcements Um, Of course, there's going to be a a heavenly host of angels who will sing um, in praise of of the the birth of Christ. Of course, the angels would be there to make the announcement, but to whom will the angels make this announcement? To shepherds. To shepherds, watching their flocks at night, sitting out in the middle of the field, in the middle of nowhere, uh, sitting with sheep, probably smelling like sheep. Uh, Sheep are not especially noble animals. 
We're so used to hearing about the birth of Christ and we have you know, our nativity sets with uh, the crash and there's animals. All We just think it seems so natural. Of course, Jesus was born in the middle of animals. Of course, there were shepherds there. Um, but, but why in the world were there shepherds there when Jesus was born? You know, Kate Middleton, the Princess of Wales now, uh, when she gave birth to three royal children, there were no shepherds present um, when those royal babies were born. Why in the I mean, one of the things that has struck me this year as I've thought about the birth of Christ at Christmas is, is the contrast between the angels and the shepherds. I think I said this a few weeks ago. The angels are probably the most sophisticated beings that we can imagine. And shepherds are at the other end of that spectrum. Shepherds might be like garbage collectors today. You know, our society won't function without them, and yet it's not a particularly, um, you know, we don't think of it as a particularly noble calling. Why were the shepherds there at the birth of Christ? Well, this morning, just really briefly, I, I just want to highlight three realities that Luke 2 tells us um, that we, that we glean, that we understand more about the birth of Christ because of the presence of the shepherds. The shepherds were the one to whom the announcement that God has come into the world was first made. So first, uh, the shepherds tell us, teach us about the importance of hearing. The shepherds heard about Jesus from the angels, and they went to see him for themselves. It says in verse 15, When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Uh, they heard from the angels and then they went and they saw. And after they had seen him, the angels, uh, the, the, the shepherds spread the, the word, adding their own eyewitness testimony. In verse 17, they, uh, when they saw it, the shepherds saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They told others about him. And then um, it says that those who heard, from this, uh, heard about Jesus from the shepherds were amazed. Verse 18 says, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But there seems to be, uh, uh, that it seems to be that the, sh the, the message, what the shepherds heard, had a more powerful impact on the shepherds than it did on those who uh, heard from the shepherds that Jesus had come. Verse 20 says that the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising for all that they had heard and seen. So the shepherds were amazed and they're glorifying God and it just says that the others wondered. I think that we all know what it's like to, uh, to hear something or to, to hear something without really letting it sink in. And I think the shepherds here are warning us about hearing about the reality of the birth of Christ without really listening, without letting the reality of the incarnation sink in. Sometimes we can dismiss a message because of who it is that we hear it from. And the shepherds, um, you know, the shepherds hear about the birth of Christ from the angels, and so they respond. But others hear about it from shepherds, uneducated people with no social standing or cultural power. And we, I think, are in a similar position. We don't hear about the birth of Christ from angels. We discover it from, maybe from a book, 
uh, maybe from a Bible study leader or a pastor or some sort of speaker. We hear about it from human communicators who are all, all flawed people. But the shepherds stand for us as a warning not to reject a message because it is delivered by unimpressive and flawed messengers. Shepherds teach us uh, about hearing. But secondly, the, the shepherds teach us not to fear. The shepherds are out in their fields, in the fields, and the angels arrive, and it says that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. The sky lights up as the angels who have come from the presence of God now come into the presence of the shepherds. And it says that the shepherds were filled with fear. The angel says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So here's the second thing that we learn from the shepherds. Christmas puts an end to our fear. The coming of Christ puts an end to our fear. Christmas means that we should not be afraid. So that raises the question, what were they afraid of? Um, they weren't afraid of you know, sleeping outside. They weren't afraid of what you know, financial insecurity that uh, came with the vocation of, of shepherding. Um, the, the Bible consistently shows us that when someone comes into the presence of God, or into the presence of an angel who comes from the presence of God, that the, the, the response is always fear. Uh, that fear, it's like a traumatic anxiety. The fear that they experience comes from extreme vulnerability. It comes from the sense that we, uh, that who we are at our core has been exposed and brought to light. That's what it's like to be seen by God or to be seen by an angel who has come from the presence of God. The sense that who we are at our core has been exposed and put on display before one who is truly good. It's that sort of a naked in the lunchroom feeling on steroids, that dream. Um, when human beings chose to rebel against God, it broke our relationship with him. And the result is that we are afraid to be in his presence. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden and did not know that they were naked and they felt no shame. But now we, having broken that relationship with God, experience fear in his presence. The sense that we've been found out, caught in the act and exposed. But it says that the message to the shepherds is do not be afraid. So why is that? Well, the third thing that we see in this passage is that we have to behold the one who has come. I know we don't really use the word behold, or if we do, it's like a joke. <laughs> like, behold what I have done, right? Um, but the word behold, there isn't really another word that captures what it means to behold something. It's not just saying, look at this. It's saying, contemplate this, consider this, let the reality move you. Literally what the angel says to the shepherds is this, do not be fearing, but be perceiving, for I am telling you the gospel, the good news. I am gospeling you, says in the Greek. So here's what they're saying. If you behold the one who has come, you will not be afraid. 
If you behold the Christ who is born on Christmas, you will not fear extreme vulnerability in the presence of God. If you take the time to listen, to comprehend the gospel message, your fear will melt away. If this message of good news gets down into your being, your proper sense of, of, uh, of being exposed in the presence of God will be, will be removed. You will be known deeply. So what is this good news and how does it remove this fear? Well, here's the good news that's announced to the shepherds. A Savior is born. A Savior has been born. So here's your choice. Either you can live a life of self-justification which is a task that we are constantly failing at, or we can behold the Savior who is born on Christmas Day. We can behold a Savior who takes our place. It says that the one lying in the manger is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the Holy One, Yahweh in flesh, the Almighty God by whom was created our world and all that fills it and surrounds it, The omnipotent God now lies in a manger utterly helpless. And if the all-powerful God would radically lose control for you, then you can trust him, and you can trust that he will remove your fear. In 1961, the, uh, I was going to say the Russians, but it was really the USSR, put the first human being into space. Uh, Yuri Gagarin and uh, orbited the planet. And the Russian premier at the time, Nikita Khrushchev, said that when Yuri Gagarin returned, that he had gone into space and he had discovered that there is no God there. You know, the USSR communist country being an officially atheistic um, country. Uh, they declared that this was proof that God did not exist because an astronaut had, uh, what's the word that I just said? <laughs> oh, you all said it. whatever that word is. I can't. <laughs> and he didn't see God. Uh, in response to that announcement in the 60s, C.S. Lewis wrote an essay uh, titled The Seeing Eye in which Lewis said that if there is a God who created us, he could not be discovered by going up into space because that would be like Harry Potter going into the attic at Hogwarts and and uh, uh, saying that he hadn't discovered J.K. Rowling. Okay, that's not exactly what C.S. Lewis said, but he did it with Shakespeare, but I thought that was a little bit more contemporary. Harry Potter... um, goes into the attic of Hogwarts and doesn't find J.K. Rowling and therefore um, says that J.K. Rowling doesn't exist. Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling exist in different worlds. Harry Potter can only know that J.K. Rowling exists if J.K. Rowling writes herself into the story of of which Harry Potter is a part. And so friends, the claim of Christmas and the lesson discovered by the shepherds on the first Christmas is that God has entered into our world. He has written himself into the story of which he is the author. He didn't just send a postcard. He didn't just leave breadcrumbs in the story to tell us, well, there is some sense of divine or transcendence. He actually comes into our world as Jesus Christ 
to save us, to live for us, to die for us. So look to him, behold him, treasure him, ponder him, and to the extent that you do that, it will melt away your fear. Do not be afraid, for behold, I am telling you the good news, and it will bring great joy to all people. A Savior has been born, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. We're going to come in just a moment to the Lord's table together.